Lizzie. And I'm Hazel. And we're Carrot and Stick. A writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice that we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps fight writer's block. This week, we didn't have a challenge. Yay! Woo! (laughs) We just decided to sit back and relax and see what of the challenges we actually implemented in a week where we weren't forced to do any particular one of them. Did you end up writing a little bit? I did. I did a little bit of work on my graphic novel script. I also did some work on sending out query letters. Excellent. What about yourself? I did write. Yay. (laughs) I was going to say that um, I literally thought before we recorded this, like, if Hazel asks me my word count, I'm going to be like, I didn't write it down. I'm free. (laughs) No, I wasn't planning on it because I didn't write mine down either. Yeah, that felt good. That felt nice. I felt like less judged by like the pressure of people listening to the podcast and being like, ooh, ouch, only that many words. Yeah, I've reached a weird threshold where uh, when I look at my word count over the uh, past few days, I'm like, am I proud or am I ashamed to say this on the podcast? (laughs) Also, it's weird because I know that I can get in that headspace where I could be writing like, you know, 5,000 words a week or something, but I'm not trying to like churn out a book right now you know so it's weird I feel like it maybe it would be different if I had like something that was that such a long project that you literally write so many words for but working on shorter things it just it was never about writing like so many words you know meanwhile the people who are crawling out of the NaNoWriMo trenches are just like 5,000 words ha you are all babies (laughs) (laughs) yeah I eat 5,000 words for breakfast (laughs) yeah good job NaNoWriMers you're killing it keep on rhyming yeah keep on rhyming (laughs) So I did a silly thing where I started kind of writing what I thought about the challenges and it sort of started sounding like Oscar awards. So this is what I wrote down. Top pick for productivity is my first award, which I gave to Pomodoros. I don't know about that. The way I ended up using Pomodoros is I did them, but it would be as a way to kind of motivate myself to write in an evening when I was tired and didn't have that much energy to write. I'd say like, oh, but you can actually get a surprising amount done in 25 minutes, so you should at least do one tomato. Mm -hmm. Was there any other challenge that you thought was better for productivity? Specifically, like, getting words written when you didn't want to write, you know, not, like, creativity-wise, necessarily. I didn't end up doing it this past week specifically, but I think I would give that award to Pump Up Jams, just because it puts you in a better headspace, I think, than Tomatoes necessarily does. Makes sense. Yeah, my second award was for get the Get Out of That Funk Award, which um, I gave Pump Up Jams that that nod of like, if you're if you really don't want to write, not like, oh, I should write. But when you're in a bad mood, I feel like Pump Up Jams was so good. This is going to sound really strange coming from me. But weirdly, I would give the Get Out of That Funk Award to Bye Bye Social Media Apps. Oh, please do explain. So I did a little experiment this past week where I decided to just take Twitter off of my apps pane. In the little slot where it normally goes, I put um, this really clunky mobile game called uh, Fate Grand Order. So my thumb would try to go there and then I'd be like, wait, it's going to take forever to load. I don't need that. And then I would stop and do something else. Just going on Twitter less was really helpful for me in doing other things like reading. Yeah. Which in turn helped me get out of a more general pervasive funk as opposed to like a momentary I don't feel like writing. That makes sense. This is like totally jumping around kind of, um, but I gave no more social media apps like an honorable mention because I didn't know exactly what like category that fit into in terms of like 
was it good for productivity? Was it good for creativity and imagination? But it just was like a thing that did stick with me as definitely improving my mood and freeing up time to do more writing. So I definitely agree that that one was, I think, overall a pretty successful challenge. Yeah, it hurts my heart to say so. That was really cool, though, that you went back and kind of redid that challenge in a very similar way to when we did it originally. It ended up being like half uh, productivity and half self-care kind of thing, just because Twitter can be a nasty place sometimes. And also, same with even, not so much Instagram, because I don't really uh, know a whole lot of toxic people on Instagram, but like even Facebook, even though it's a closed system, sometimes things just... uh, crawl in there anyway. You don't need that. You don't need that if you don't want it. That reminds me too of just the other day. You know how at the beginning of Carrot and Stick, when we did our kind of intro episode, I talked about how one of my goals kind of for this podcast was to pay attention to what holds me back and stops me from writing and gets me feeling like I don't want to write or I'm a bad writer, like those kind of negative feelings. And one of those things was I looked at Twitter yesterday because I was reminding people about the notebook giveaway. And I just saw that, like, there was this whole Twitter pitch contest that happened in publishing that I didn't, like, I missed because I didn't know about it, like, two or three days ago. And I was looking, it was called Pitch Wars. And I was looking through, like, the entries and just felt that sort of crushing feeling of, like, I totally missed out on something that I could have entered, where it was basically you kind of pitched um, your book and then you had, you generated a bunch of cool images that you pulled from the internet to describe it tonally. And I was like, oh, I'm so good at image curation. Um, like, I've missed out on this opportunity to participate, but also that feeling of going through all the entries and being like, wow, there's, these are all really cool, and uh-oh, some of these kind of feel like my book, and like, this is really popular, and a bunch of agents were interested in it, but is my book that good, and is it, like, gonna get that interest? You know, it was just, like, such a... Like, it was such a downer thing. And I was like, ugh, I hate that Twitter sort of, like, I definitely felt like for a day, I just felt kind of like in a bad funk because of seeing that and feeling like I missed this opportunity and I wasn't good enough, you know? Yeah, when, I don't know, going about it in your own way and not relying on, like, this one thing that happened in social media is also totally valid. Yeah, it's hard. I I feel like I end up waffling then between shut out social media entirely and like, oh, but it can be good and helpful for certain things. But I don't know, I'm so bad at, using it for profit, I guess. It even it's just it's so gross to even think of it that way. I just I just not a thing I like about social media. Yeah, it is an all things in moderation thing. I think writers who are really successful on social media, some of them it's kind of after the fact, like they were already successful and then they got a social media account and became notorious afterwards. But also we just tend to only think of these successes and not think about all the dozens of writers who don't use social media at all. Yeah, that's true. It's never a matter of, like, cutting it out completely because, you know, everything has its use, but being more aware of how you use it and stopping yourself from reflexively doing the same thing over and over again is helpful. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, too, that how I kind of, in this last week, and actually over, like, all of the challenges, since No More Social Media Apps was only the second episode, ever since then, I just kind of kept all of those apps in that folder at the back of the phone, and I do feel like it's been helpful. There's also kind of like a one-two combo when you use no more social media apps with Pomodoros, where I feel like if you're already thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to be logging on to these apps right now, when you have a Pomodoro and your break is only five minutes, you're definitely just like, I don't, I'm not going on like Facebook for that. I only get five minutes. They are precious minutes. 
What do you do in your five minutes? I know I asked like during the actual episode, but I don't remember the answer. If I have a book I'm reading or something, I have to mentally like r- tell myself before I start doing Pomodoro's like, you are going to read this during your five minute break because it's so easy to just like squander it essentially. So if I'm reading something, especially like a comic or something where it's easier to like delve in and out and make progress in just five minutes, um, I'll read something like that. The other thing is that if I'm really like, pulling teeth working specifically if I'm writing coverage like doing my like day job writing essentially if I'm reading something that I'm just like really don't like and I'm having a really hard time doing it I start thinking of all the little tasks that I would rather be doing where on any given day I wouldn't like sit down and want to do these other tasks but I really want to procrastinate and do them suddenly and I'll try to do one of those in a Pomodoro break so I'll be like oh it's time to go to the post office and like mail the rent check I mean that's a terrible example because it's like something you really do have to do (laughs) Or like, you know, writing like a thank you card or something like something where it's so easy to put it off. And it's like, I want to do something like that, because I don't want to be reading this thing anyway, I'll try to like squeeze those into the five minute break sometimes. And then uh, the last award category that I came up with was best creativity inducer. What did you think was the best uh, challenge in terms of making you creative? Um, weirdly, I... Like, I know that we both didn't actually like this challenge that much, but I think I would go with opposite genre. Mm. I think that it can have good effects in that if you come up with an idea that you really like, you can stick with it. Or it can have the unintended effects that you experienced where it just makes you more excited about the things that you already had going. Mm -hmm. I don't think that any of the other challenges, while they may have made me more productive and helped me, like, just sit down and actually do the writing, I don't know that they necessarily made me more creative. They weren't really thought exercises in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I gave best creativity to write drunk. That's also fair. Yeah, I feel like that was one where it did change the way you thought about things a little bit. Um, And just I feel like it's so good to just like get the ideas out there. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. But um, I have this really silly method that I do not remember where I picked it up, which is that when you're stuck, write down everything that wouldn't happen in a story. And then you just kind of get the bad ideas out. And then you might write one where you're like, this is ridiculous, but maybe it's actually good. And then you realize that was a decent idea and you move forward with it. And I, I just feel like this method helps a lot. And Write Drunk kind of felt like that on like a bigger scale of just like, you might everything you're writing might not be good, but at least you're writing and you're making interesting choices and you aren't editing yourself as much. And I liked it for that reason. I agree there. I also really enjoy your make a list of stupid things advice. (laughs) I swear it works. It sounds so crazy, but I feel like it works really well. No, it does. Like off the podcast, um, Lizzie and I were talking about the stuff we were working on separately, and I did end up using that advice and I had a lot of fun with it. Yay. And then it's hilarious to go back and read them later. (laughs) That's like the best part. You're like, wow, that was an idea. (laughs) (laughs) But a la your morning pages, you don't need to show them to anyone. It's writing that you're just doing for yourself. So if you come up with bad ideas, like doesn't matter. Those bad ideas are yours forever. (laughs) Yeah, I would like someone please uh, dig this up for like a eulogy. Uh, just start reading the worst ideas out of my notebooks. Thank you. No, I, I want to be that writer who, like, when I die, they come into my apartment and they find just, like, piles and piles of notebooks full of garbage. And they're like, wow. <laughs> this delegitimizes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be me. <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, Lizzie, was did you continue your calendar stickers? I tried to do them again and I fell off. 
which I thought was really interesting. Like, I even had a moment of panic right before recording the podcast where I was like, oh, oh, gosh, I meant to give myself a sticker on Sunday. And then I forgot, like, I should have gotten two stickers, but I only got one sticker. And then I was like, no, you just didn't do it. Like, don't try to cover your tracks. By my slapdash putting an extra sticker on the calendar. I just did one. Um, and yeah, it was just surprising that it fell off. But I honestly kind of went back to doing the method that I had already found worked where I just at the end of the day kind of like write everything I accomplished. And I, I feel like I like that more than the calendar itself. I experimented a little bit with the calendar but, like, during the weekdays when I'm working, I just rarely have the chance to write. So you see, like, a handful of stickers, like, on Fridays and weekends and stuff. And other than that, not a whole lot, really. I don't know what function this serves. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's just looking at me, judging me. <laughs> it's not even judging me. Like, I've decided to not judge myself for it. I just kind of don't know what to do with this. I'm like, hmm, Okay. I do feel like I kind of, um, I just didn't end up finding the sticker to be enough of a motivation, kind of. Also, it sounds bad, but it it just, I kind of could see through it. You know, like how I was talking about in Positive Affirmations, how, um, like, you can just tell it's sort of a gimmick, and you're like, I'm too smart for this. Thank you very much. Like, I I get it. (laughs) You know, like, I see what you're trying to do, but I've like outthunked you. That's kind of how I felt about the calendar stickers, where I was like, I know I could cheat this. Like, I know I can give my sticker myself a sticker for not doing anything. I know I can give myself a sticker for like doing the bare minimum. Like, what does a sticker even mean? Existential crisis ensues. But writing like sent two query letters today, like that felt a lot better because it was just so honest you're holding yourself accountable in a way that I felt like was a lot better. Were there any other challenges that you carried forth with this week? Not really. Hey, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, like just to go through the list, um, positive affirmations. I haven't done that since week one. That really went out the door quite fast. Sorry, positive affirmations. Buddy writing. Weirdly, I kind of leaned away from this lately, and I've been doing a lot more of my writing by myself. Like, not even, uh, I used to be big on going to cafes and doing work in kind of a quasi-communal environment, but lately, I have been tending to stay home and write more. Yeah, I kind of was thinking recently about the connection between kind of, like, focus and discipline with getting better and, like, more experienced at your craft, whatever your craft is, essentially. Like, I had this thought with buddy writing, sort of, because I read this quote in a book I was reading um, where this author basically says, like, this is such, like, bad paraphrasing. Sorry, author. Also, this book hasn't been published yet, so it's, like, a lot of, like, I just can't say anything. Uh, But there was vaguely a quote that was, like, Amateur writers talk about inspiration and professional authors talk about money (laughs) and like how they're getting paid and like what is happening and how they're going to like write their next book based on like demand and like reality, essentially. And I just thought that was interesting because buddy writing like to me kind of feels like it's in that category of if you if the only way that you're going to write is you have to be at a coffee shop and you have to be like with someone and feel like you're a writer It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it might just be something for before you're in that more mature stage of like knowing that it's more about being self-disciplined kind of, and that you can write anywhere. You don't like need all this external validation, you know? 
At the same time, though, I feel like there's nothing wrong with having a preferred environment. No, that's true. I think I'm also just, like, so divorced from uh, American cafe culture at this point. Because, like, the funny thing about Japan is that a lot of people will, like, be in cafes with their work laptops. Like, very obviously, they're, they're like, ugly, clunky office laptops doing leftover work from the week. So, like, that's the cafe environment in Japan. It's like taking an online course while still working full-time because you want to get ahead at your job. Not, like, a bunch of hipsters writing novels. This also might be, like, super influenced by being in Los Angeles, which is obviously, like, a very, like, creative industry-heavy city, where I'm sure, like, in Silicon Valley, it's, like, tech people with their laptops doing things versus, like, it's so clearly, like, creatives on MacBooks in Los Angeles, you know? Oh, boy. (laughs) Drinking their $10 Americanos. You know, whatever works for y'all. Whatever works for y'all. Did you do any morning pages this last week? Nope. I journaled a bunch, but I did not do morning pages. Fair enough. Um, I actually tried to do a tiny bit of research before this episode, um, reading articles about people who love morning pages, because I feel like we've been a little mean to morning pages on the last few episodes where we're just like, morning pages, the one that didn't work. Um, And I thought it was interesting because uh, some of the suggestions were... Things like make sure it's really routine, like always do it at the same time every single day and always do it in the same order. Like you have, like you take your shower, you drink your coffee, you do your morning pages always in that order. Um, I also saw some people saying that it's really helpful if you're like, if you have a lot of anxiety, that that specifically like doing it in the morning and kind of like having that blank slate is one of the advantages of it. So just some things to consider if anyone wants to try morning pages. We don't want to turn you off of it forever or anything. <laughs> like it might work for you. Uh, just the idea of like doing it every single morning at the same time in the same place. I'm like, the people uh, who write those things have not been in my apartment where it's like sub-zero temperatures in the morning. Moving is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't grip the pen to do morning pages. Can I just dictate my morning pages? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you thread some positive affirmations in there. Ugh, I'll have you pass. Okay, um, read before writing. Did that get picked up ever? Not really. Still felt just too constrictive to set aside like such a specific amount of time and that's everything that is everything wow congratulations on making it through this season with us you guys are great i had one last final thing to leave off with which is just that idea that it takes 21 days to form a habit and that if you try any of these or find something that works for you sometimes it's just a matter of sticking with something until it works so really if we wanted to do carrot and stick properly we should have done each challenge for 21 days Oh, no, I guess that is what I'm saying. (laughs) I think it was more that I had that thought with, like, really the ones that I did last week were Pomodoros, but not really for, like, writing, for, like, doing tasks and things related to writing, like, doing query letters and things. So I did Pomodoros. Um, I did no more social media apps pretty consistently. And then I didn't do calendar stickers, but I went back and kind of did the write down what you do every day as a form of that. And all of those were things where I feel like, they've become habits, but they've only become habits because I kind of kept doing them ever since the challenge. Like, if I hadn't done any of them, I don't know if I would have, like, started doing them last week necessarily, but all of those were things that I kept doing ever since the challenge. And now it's kind of hard for me not to think about, like, doing a Pomodoro if I'm having a hard time focusing. It has become a little bit ingrained because it's been so long, you know? I do know, and I appreciate that. So some people might be wondering what happened to that notebook giveaway. Well... We picked a winner. Woo! Thank you to everyone who sent in reviews. 
Um, we're not going to say the name of the person who won them because of, you know, their privacy, but we'll be sending out those notebooks shortly. And thank you all so much for sending in those reviews. We now have a star rating on iTunes. We didn't have that before because we didn't have enough reviews. So what iTunes does is they don't give you a star review on average unless you have enough reviews to make an average. And now we do! Yeah, and our average is like five straight stars. So thank you. Y'all are great. And now that we have a full season, you can feel free to give it to your friends who love to binge podcasts. Indeed. If there's somebody who needs some encouragement over the long winter months, if they want to hear uh, fun writer friends talking to them instead of their crazy family, we are here. If you want to let us know what you're reading this winter or even just what you're working on and if you're trying any of the challenges during these long breaks ahead, you can feel free to reach out to us at our Twitter, which is Lizzie and Hazel. And that's Lizzie with a Y. We are also findable at Carrot and Stick Podcast on our Gmail account, Tumblr, and Instagram. And on our Instagram, I will make sure to post cute photos of any bookstore I visit. So I feel like that's, you know, that's incentive. I'd follow that account. One last thank you for season one to Slime Girls for letting us use their song You Belong off of the album No Summer No Cry. Yeah, it has been such a pleasure to get to hear that every time we do the podcast, especially because like the second I heard that song, I was just like, this just feels like me and Hazel. Like, (laughs) it's so like peppy and energetic, but also kind of badass. So I just I just love it so much. Thank you, Slime Girls. We will see you in season two. Hug a cat, write some words.